Welcome to the Comics Corner. The views expressed in this evening's episode of the Comics Corner are the views only of those who express them and do not necessarily represent Comics Corner, Don't Sue Us Please, or April is the Cruelest Month. Also, please be aware that there will be spoilers. While we talk about the themes of the comic, as well as we talk about the art and the story, we cannot speak of this without spoilers. Thank you very much for joining us and enjoy this evening's episode of Comics Corner. Hello, everybody. I am John. Welcome to the Comics Corner. Back after a week off is the fabulous and fearless and ferocious Matthew Klein. Ooh, I don't. I, I, that's a that's a hell of an intro to live up to. But I am very excited to thank be you. Here I, with you. I, Although ferocious, I do not feel right now. But but I, I will take the others for sure. Uh, well, you know, a, a little alliteration never helps. You can't jump from like an F word to. I mean, not the F word, but you can't jump from like F to M. I mean, it's you hard. have to like you have to yeah. do. You know, the rule of three. Rule no, absolutely. Absolutely. Rule of three is, is a real thing. And you know me, John, I love alliteration. I'm never afraid of it. I am pro-illiterate for sure. But, and thank you for having me on your corner. It's very nice to be back. Of course. Well, I always think of it as our corner, but you did take a week off. I hope you, um, I hope you got a chance to listen to the episode that uh, I did with Jeremiah. Uh, I did. It was lovely. And what's really exciting, because I obsessively look at our numbers, which is not a healthy trait for any podcaster, as they will tell you. Um, but I, I am kudos because it got a really phenomenal response. So not only was I listening to it, but that is one of our highest listens uh, episodes in months. So kudos to you both. Oh, excellent. I'm glad to hear that. I do not look at the numbers because I have a healthy distance in my life. <laughs> You have other unhealthy distances to other things. Let's be very clear. That's true. That is true. But we will not discuss that. Instead, no, not, we are going... not on the comics corner. That is a no. different corner that we can talk about. Yes, absolutely. Um, so we're not going to be discussing my unhealthy habits tonight. We are going to be discussing uh, Moon Knight, um, the 2016 series uh, written by Jeff Lemire with art by Greg Smallwood. Um, colors by Jordi Belair um, and letters by uh, uh, Corey Petit. Petit? Mm -hmm. I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. I think it's Petit. I mean, in French, it's Petit, but I don't know who. So I apologize. In, My apologies. In the fancy language. In the fancy I... language, it's Petit. Yes. <laughs> Is it a fancy language? I guess it's sort of a fancy language. If it's a language I can't speak, it's fancy. Therefore, both. Uh, French is very fancy, and so is Turkish, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, very nice. Turkey, yes. Well, I only know like four words in Turkish, but... Um, Are they curse words? No, actually, I don't know any of the curse words because my two of my godchildren are half Turkish, so I learned some words to speak to them um, as they were learning English. Um, it's a whole other plate of potatoes. Awesome. Yes. <laughs> Um, so normally we have a little 
part of the comics corner where we talk about history. I, however, feel like that would be a little detrimental um, in this time because there's a lot of history um, and not all of it makes sense and not all of it is, um, uh, there's a lot of retconning here. And uh, I'm assuming that everyone who listens to this show is a comics fan, but if you are not a comics fan, Retconning is when a writer goes back and says, that doesn't work for me. I'm going to change that a little bit and we'll figure out how to make that work. Um, and this is volume eight of <laughs> Moon Knight. So there's a lot of retconning there. Um, well, and, and so here's before we here's get a, into the book, Matthew. One of my favorite examples of retconning, though, is probably Batman, because they have retconned multiple times who killed his parents. And that is why you will see some stories where they know the person who killed Martha and Thomas Wayne. And then you will see stories where Batman has no idea who this killer is. And I just always go to that. When people say, what's the, what's the craziest example of retconning? I go straight to Batman. Because that's like, yeah, you're literally changing the very course of that character. And it's very common. It's so common. Um, I just don't think it used to be discussed until like the 80s. But I feel like authors would retcon all the time. Um, way back before people started noticing it. Well, I think, I mean, first of all, I don't think continuity really came into existence until probably Claremont's X-Men, because I feel like that created everything. Good point. But um, it's interesting that that, is your, that that is your example of craziest retconning, because whether or not he knows he kills his parent, who killed his parents, um, mm -hmm. I feel like that doesn't necessarily change the character whereas i, I, I think no i don't know I, but that's that's different but what's your favorite moment of retcon can you think of one that you really enjoy or my favorite moment my favorite moment my wtf moment or my moment where i'm like fine whatever let's go with your wtf moment uh my wtf moment is um we've talked about on the show before which is, is uh which is Brian Michael Bendis rewriting 10 years, more than 10 years of people's, other people's stories just to make Wanda not aware of her children. Gotcha. Yep, I, uh, I figured that was going to be it, but I, I appreciate you confirming that I, I know you well enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, my other WTF moment is Brian Azzarello making um, Zeus Diana's father. In one that's morning. a huge that's a um, big one wasn't has that never been the case before though was that uh, i was trying to think if no somewhere back in like the 50s that had ever been positive no no i mean grant morrison kind of did it in wonder woman earth one where but that's way after that's that's after azarello that's after azarello yeah but those are really the only two instances of um of diana actually having a father right. um which actually my my question was going to be before we get into discussing uh, Moon Knight um, is going to be retcon, yay or nay? Do you just work with it? Um, I'm I'm pro retcon. Um, the reason I'm pro retcon is because I don't believe in continuity, uh, so I I don't really mind 
Um, I, I really don't mind when a writer just says, you know what, that didn't work for me. Let's try something different. Let's, let's try something that fits the story we want to tell with this character. Um, for me, because that story, that previous story that I may have loved already exists and it's there and it's great. Um, and I can go back and I can read it and revisit it. And it doesn't, it doesn't, retconning doesn't diminish the value of what came before for me. So, so therefore I'm, I'm all for it. I say, go retcon to your heart's delight, make it your own. I, I don't believe in necessarily putting those sorts of restrictions on creators. Um, what about yourself? Where do you fall in terms of this? Um, retconning doesn't bother me per in particular because I, like you, I'm sort of like, it's, you know, like when Crisis on Infinite Earths happened and everybody got super upset that, wow, the nerdiest sentence said this evening so far. Um, but like when Crisis on Infinite Earths happened and the JSA was written out and everybody freaked out, I was like, it's not like your golden age comics collection is going to disappear. Like they're still there. You can still read them and enjoy them. But I do think there are some points where it's probably best for a writer to just be like, you know what, I'm going to ignore it, but I'm not going to, and I'm just not going to deal with it. And in this particular instance, I think of, um, I, I feel like Moon Knight is going to have a support group with Donna Troy and Hawkman. And they're all <laughs> just going to get together and be like, who's got the most origin stories? That's me, bitches. Um, I feel like that's going to happen. And it's, you know, here's, here's the thing. I, the, here's why I'm okay with retconning. I'm fine with retconning if it's good. I'm, I don't like retconning if it's bad, you know, but, but that's stories in general. Like I don't, you know, if it, if something's great, why fix it? Um, if it ain't broke, you know, sometimes people just want to figure out why not and they end up breaking it anyway. So I, I'm, I'm all for retconning if it's good, if it fits the story, if it works, if it's just for the sake of retconning, it's gonna, it's gonna go over with a thud. But I agree, um, I think, let's see, cause what, you, you mentioned Donna Troy, you mentioned Hawkman, who else has a bajillion origin stories like, like Moon Knight as well? Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of others and none that I can think of right off the top of my head. I mean, I, feel I, like what, Diana, I guess Wanda. has got really, yeah, Wanda's got a few. Wanda and Pietro, because Wanda they're... and Pietro, yep, they've got a few. Who is their father? No one knows this month. Yeah, um, yeah no, it's it's a it's it's a tough one. It's a real tough one. I yeah. now my question to you is: Had you read any Moon Knight before this story? Um, you're reading my mind because I was just about to ask you. I had not. Um, I had read Moon Knight in. Um, West Coast Avengers or Avengers mm -hmm. West Coast, depending on which iteration you were reading. And again, probably the, oh, maybe that's taken the place of the nerdiest sentence said this evening. Um, we have a we have a, a clear front runner. Yeah, we have, we have a good front runner. Um, so I sort of knew of Moon Knight as like, oh, he's Marvel's Batman, which I think diminishes the character. Um, how about you? Had you read Moon Knight before? So unlike you, I'd seen Moon Knight in a few other Marvel stories that I'd read, but I can't recall ever reading Moon Knight solo adventures. Um, and I knew that, you know, you and I had been discussing like what, you know, should we do a Moon Knight episode? Because 
shamelessly, listeners, we like SEO. Um, and uh, we knew that the show was going to be coming out, and it's a big topic of discussion. And so we we sort of looked at like what are what are considered really great and seminal runs in the character. And what's really fascinating is when I do that research, because as you say, this one is volume eight that we're we're talking about today, um, meaning that there had been seven other series for this character that had been canceled, and it was started over again. So very little stuck. Um, but what's really fascinating is when, when I was doing some research just in terms of like beloved runs, the character, it feels like the, a lot of really beloved, you know, stories for Moon Knight have happened in the last 10 years. Um, you know, there's, there's this, there's the Declan Shelby run, there is the Max Bemis run. Um, and those, you know, to, to a little lesser extent, Brian Michael Bendis and Alex Malev, you know, when when not going anywhere near the X-Men um, did, a, did a run on this as well. And so it really, what's fascinating to me is seeing that this character who's been around for several decades is, is really, it feels like creators who were fans of him and thought there was potential there for the character really unlocked it and created these really more multi-dimensional stories and portrayals in the last decade, which is very cool to see. Yeah, and I, I think some of that has to do with, there's a lot in this character dealing with mental illness and disassociative identity disorder, um, which I, I uh, just from a historical perspective, I don't think comics have done a particularly great job of dealing with mental illness um, no. until recently, yeah. partially just due to the fact that you know, the medium itself was about, was for children up until. Early mid eighties kind of thing. Um, and also it's a comic book. So, you know, you're not necessarily dealing with, you're also dealing with as we culturally get a better idea of what mental illness for is. Sure. Um, yeah, um, but I, one of the things that I liked about this, and um, spoiler alert in full effect, one of the things that I actually liked uh, about this story very much, and we can get to the things that I liked less in a little bit, um, but one of the things that I, I liked about this book is, you know, for the first few issues, and we read issues one through five, um, there is a new version of this trade paperback coming out next week. No, this week because Moon Knight is out this week, so they hit the, the stores just in time, um, is that it does really make you feel kind of for this whole first arc, you're like, what is happening? Like, is this happening inside of his mind? Is this happening here? Which I actually, which as much as Jeff Lemire is a wonderful writer and does that. I really have to give credit to Greg Smallwood for the art because it just is very, it's not trippy. It's not 1960s Peter Max, you know, rock and roll poster. It just is very, it's so, it's so specific. I think the art in the first um, arc that, you know, you see humans with different heads coming up in different times and you see the way that the color works where it's, only this character in this particular panel, um, mostly uh, Dr. Emmett slash Amut. Amut, yeah. Um, apologies on my pronunciation of ancient Egyptian deities. Hopefully none of you will curse me. Um, 
But was was that your experience reading it as well? Yeah, you know, it's it's an interesting thing because what you know, Jeff Lemire is renowned for being able to sort of navigate the interior worlds of characters, um, and he has a history of characters with very complex publishing histories. Um, his his Animal Man, uh, a tremendous example of that. Where again, there's there's a retcon. There is like I want to go in and I want to showcase the inner life of this character and try to reconcile the pieces of them. And I think he takes a very interesting approach here. He did it with Bloodshot as well for Valiant Comics. A shout out uh, to Valiant. And then um, I think he he takes a similar approach here. And what is fascinating here is you you can't tell at first what is real, what is not real, what's inside his mind, what, what is an ancient Egyptian deity's fever dream. And, and it's meant to be that way. But to your point, the, the artwork does not feel disorienting for the sake of disorientation. There mm -hmm. is certainly a lot going on, but it feels very purposeful. I, I did feel, you know, sometimes you get stuck on a page of artwork. It doesn't actually carry you forward. You sort of get lost in the loop. Um, or you get lost in a moment and it doesn't prompt you to turn the page. And I think Greg Smallwood does a really phenomenal job of even though you're meant to be questioning what is happening, when it's happening, who it's happening to, that the panel design especially always keeps you going to the page turn. And I think that is, that is an art form in storytelling that Smallwood really nails here because you're not meant to know what's real or what's not real. This is you are you are along for the journey and your lens character is a man with DID who does not know what's real and what isn't real. So it's it's an unreliable narrator and the artwork supports it while not getting lost in, uh, not getting trapped, I should say, by that structure, which is really, really impressive. Yeah, I think there are a lot of pages that almost didn't need the dialogue. I think the way that Lemire structured it in the way that Smallwood envisioned it and it came from his brain to the pencil to flee effective. Uh, the only thing that I would question is, do you really figure out what happens? Because I'm not sure that I did by the end of this issue, by the end of this, this first five issues. I, I think I was still a little bit of, yeah, but huh? Not, not necessarily in a bad way, but just I was like, no, okay, I guess I'm supposed to keep reading this because I don't know what's going on. It's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing. You know, there, there's, there's a piece of me that I, I, I appreciate the ambiguity because, you know, I think of Inception, right? The very end of Inception, Leonardo DiCario, for those who have not read, I'm sorry, who have not seen Inception, um, it, the character is a dream thief, essentially, and when trapped in a dream, he shows a trick that can uh, quickly reveal whether you're in a dream or not in a dream, because sometimes you're in a dream so long um, that you, you can't tell the difference between real and not real anymore. And so at the end of the movie, spoilers, John, I apologize, there he is doing the trick um, to show if he's in or out of a dream and it never actually reveals it at the very end. So it, th there seems to be a similar ambiguity going on here wherein you're not meant to quite know, like you're meant to sort of 
think it happened, but that it didn't happen, or maybe that it didn't happen and it did happen. Um, it sort of it sort of does feel like a we're going to wrap this up later. We're going to go to another story now and we're come back in in ten more issues and we'll we'll finally reveal all. Um, and I, to your point, I didn't feel unsatisfied by the ending, but yes, I I'm still left wondering you know, what did, what did not happen? How much of it was real? How much of it was not real? So, so from a payoff perspective, the original question that I think they're going to pay off, they don't really. Um, and that's a very risky thing to do, in my opinion. Yeah. So first of all, thanks for spoiling Inception, because I was going to watch it this weekend. No, of I Of course you were not. You were not either. I. It's like 10 years old. If I haven't seen it by now, I'm not going to see it. But um, uh, I think the thing that's that um, would frustrate me about reading this book on a monthly basis um, and having it be uh, uh, left at a point of ambiguity like that is I feel like there's some point where you have to end a storyline. It's kind of like, um, you know, any, it's kind of like any, classic Saturday morning cartoon, like the Super Friends versus the Legion of Doom. Like at some point, somebody has to win. And you can't keep, you can't keep escaping at the end. The bad guys can't keep escaping and the good guys can't keep being like, oh, well, we'll get them next time. Like it feels as if there needs to be an end. And that is one thing that I was like, oh, okay, I'm supposed to just keep going, which obviously from a financial perspective is great because you want people to keep coming back after a time. But still at, at some point, I feel like as a reader, I'm like, you know what? I really just want an end to this storyline. I, I, I don't disagree with that. I think what, it was really lovely getting to read it all at once. Mm -hmm. um, I could imagine reading this in single issues, these first five issues of the story and being monumentally confused when I had to um, pick up the next issue. Like, like you would have to reread the previous issue before you read the current one. You know, yeah. there's just, be, because you're so off balance and because there's a lot of, there are a lot of little moments happening here. And quite frankly, there are at a certain point, there are about seven or eight different characters that you're taking, you're keeping an eye on. You've got him, you've got the the old man, you've got the-, the Yeah, actually, that's gonna be the next actual, question that I ask you. Probably, <laughs> yeah. Um, but you you have like four members of his party and then you also have the bad guys and you're, you're keeping track of all these different things. And so it's, it's and, and this, this sort of speaks to, you know, a question I have about the way most comics are structured, which is that it's it's very hard to find a series that's not structured to read better or have a more fulfilling experience when you read it all together as as one story. Um, I think that's so, contemporary comics. No, I agree. I, I think I you know, agree. like I when I look back at the stuff that I read back in the day when I was in my early 30s when i was reading comics in the early in the 70s you know it everything you know wrapped up you couldn't go more than three issues even subplots weren't that long no and yeah. i will i will um, absolutely blame claremont's x-men 
I will absolutely blame Claremont's X-Men for that change. Uh, uh, well, I was that's rereading. Be... I'm sorry, go ahead. I was rereading Mutant Massacre, not rereading. I was reading it for the first time. And I was just like, this, this is nonsense. This story is nonsense. Okay. So uh, first of all, I think you and I are psychically connected because I was rereading that like three nights ago. Oh, for me, it was a couple of weeks ago, but yeah. Okay. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, we can, we can get into a whole discussion of is it blame or is it praise? And when it's done well, it's really interesting. When it's not done well, it's really bad. And who actually does it well and what, but that's a separate that's, conversation. That's our next side. That's our next tangent. Yeah. Um, no, to your point there. But I, I do I do agree with you. I think that the 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 experience of reading it monthly i would imagine when you get to the end of this issue been like well it's been five months and i don't have a resolution i don't have any resolution whatsoever and then it takes you for a loop into a totally different it's propelling you into a story that you have no basis for it feels like um which which i could also imagine being very frustrating yeah, well, I this kind of goes back to our reading habits because you and I have had this discussion many times. Um, I think I probably give most books a longer runway than a lot of people do, and I'm not sure that I would have stuck on this runway. But what what is the length of your runway? I'm very I'm sure. generally I'm generally like first arc. I will generally stick with you for a full arc be it four issues, six issues, seven issues. And if I'm not into it by then, I'm just going to be like, you know what? This book is not for me and that's okay. I, I applaud you. I do not have that patience. Um, <laughs> I, I really applaud you. The only time I will have that patience is if it's a creator that I really, really trust is going to like pull it out at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Well, actually, but this brings me to a question that I wanted to ask. Sure. Which is, I am not sure reading this, and I I just want to say I love Lemire's work. Essa County is an amazing book, one of my favorite things that I've ever read. Absolutely freaking brilliant. I think everybody should read it. Commit yourself to it. It's very long. Don't expect that you're going to get through it in a night. Um, but I don't know... And I think this partially has to do with the retcon. And I think this partially has to do with the fact that this is volume eight, but, and partially just having to do with balance. And I get that the title of the book is Moon Knight. I get that Moon Knight is the lead character, but you're bringing in all of these characters from all these different iterations of this, of Moon Knight and his many, many paths. And I don't know how successful it was because I don't know that I actually cared about anyone other than possibly Mark Spector slash Moon Knight. No, I, 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 I see where you're coming. I see where you're coming. I mean, like, I don't and, know oh, that I'm I sorry. Can I, let me just clarify something. Care about them long-term. Caring about someone in a moment and being like, oh, I don't want this character to get stabbed or whatever. That's one thing. But I'm talking long-term. So I, I think that that maybe is, I, I just wanted to clarify that. No, I think that's fair. I think that the, you know, one of the things that I, I grapple with this, because 
I will also issue a similar disclaimer. I, I think Jeff Lemire is one of the great comics writers in the history of the genre. And I think that he is one of the most prolific and seminal and quality writers that there has been an artist for that matter in, in 30 years without question. His, his work range, his, his range is incredible. The amount of, of, projects he works on simultaneously at such a high quality level is unheard of in the industry. Um, so I say this with all the love for Jeff Lemire, but I, I do, part of my, part of my quandary with this is I never knew who Mark Spector was. I knew Mark Spector was trying to figure out who he was and what was going on but there, there's no anchor of a character to, to ground me in this, to keep me rooted. And so I'm going to mix all the metaphors. So it's, it's one of those things where because I never could latch on to who he was, um, it made it more difficult for me to think of the journey as more than wanting to pay off the plot question rather than the character question. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I, I don't, I don't disagree. Um, I think that um, reading this book and sort of as, as we're discussing it, I think I became more interested in what was happening than who it was happening to. Agreed. Um, and, and there are, there are stories where that's okay, right? Like that's, it, it, that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just when you're dealing with a character where identity is the main conflict, right? Like that is the main conflict of the book is identity. When you're really not resolving it um, in any way, shape or form, then it, to your point earlier, like it gets harder for me to stick with it longer because at a certain point you're going to lose me like you're you're gonna you're gonna lose me in terms of your pacing you're gonna learn lose me in terms of your your cliffhangers like you're gonna lose me so it's 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 a question there it's a you you've got it and that's a balancing act and it's a hard balancing act that they're doing yeah then now this run also went 14 issues yeah. and i don't know if it was meant to only go 14 issues it's a weird like number. i don't know if it was meant to be oh here's the here's the whole story that i'm telling and it's going to take you the entire run to get it right. or if it was got to a point where um because i often feel this is going to be a terrible thing to say and i don't mean this quite the way that it's going to come out, but I mean, yes, it's it sort of the way that it's going to come out, but it's kind of like there are certain characters in superhero comics that have had, that are like, you know, work, I'm, I'm like, this is volume eight. Black Widow is one of the same characters um, where I almost want to say, maybe you shouldn't try to do a long-term series. Maybe you should just do a bunch of short series because I'm not sure that this character can sustain what you're looking for long-term. Well, I mean, does that, does that go to the theory there are no bad characters, just bad stories? Are, are, you, are you making an argument here that there's some flaw in the character that doesn't allow? 
I wouldn't say there are very few bad characters. Um, There are problematic characters. Yes. Um, Don't know that I want to use the word bad, Um, but I, I just wonder if there are certain, whether it's storytelling limitations or character limitations where you kind of need to say, maybe this doesn't work over a period of 50 issues. Maybe this works only for a period of eight or nine issues. Uh, well, it's interesting because like this character's never had really a run of 50 issues, I don't think. I'm, I'm not sure. I'd have to go back and, and take no, a look exactly. No, but uh, I think maybe he's gone like 20 <laughs> at some point. Uh, wait, I, this I might be the longest he's ever done. Um, yeah. I'm, now, it's interesting because they did that Marvel legacy renumbering thingy dingy wingy. Um, was that so like at some point or something? Yeah, like at some point he, he went into the, I think he went to 200, but I think it was 200 appearances. I don't necessarily think it was 200 actual you, issues. Look, you you make it work for you. When, when you're trying to yeah. drum up a promotional campaign to get people interested and give give people another reason to buy the book, you, yeah. you do whatever you have to. Um, so, so I don't blame them there, but no, it's, it is one of those things like this. It feels like Moon Knight's never been able to sustain a run though, to this point, you know, it's 14 issues does not feel like a natural ending point. Most story arcs are five issue runs or six issues. I mean, or, or it would be four, in which case it would be 12 issues or 16 issues, like 14 issues. is just a weird number to end on in general. Um, so I would, I would be fascinated to know the answer to that question. And just like, did he plan to resolve this in 12 issues and they gave him a couple extra? Did he plan to resolve it in 24 issues and they cut him down because of sales or what have you? I would be fascinated to know. Um, I mean, to be fair, I've not read the rest of the run, so I don't know how it, how it all turns out. Maybe it does work in 14 issues. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a lot going on in this character's past. Now, this is probably unfair, but I'm not sure that this, I'm, I'm not sure that I am to go back and try and do some research. I, I had asked a, a mutual friend of ours if he had wanted to do this with us. And he said, no, I'm not a podcast person, um, but let me know if you have any questions kind of thing. Um, our friend, Justin, um, and he was not interested in joining us, which props to him. Um, no, I totally him. It, dude. Justin, uh, what, what, a, what a bastard. How dare he? Um, no, don't say that, meanie. Um, but I don't know that this would have made me kind of go back and want to reread anything. I don't know that this would make me want to go forward with the character. I sort of feel like interesting arc, loved the art. I love the approach of the story. If I'm not fully, even if I'm not fully invested in the character yet, um, I would probably be like, this would, this would 
be a book that if someone gave to me, I would be like, oh, thank you. This is great. I kind of wanted to read this and I, I just didn't buy it. I didn't pick it up um, or I didn't take it out of my local library. Um, but I don't know that this would make me invest more in the character. Um, here's the thing. I, I would, I, I do think I will continue reading on a bit, bit farther because I, I love the creators so much. I'm a big Smallwood fan and I'm a big Lemire fan and I would absolutely keep checking out what's, what they're throwing down for a little while longer. Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's, I don't know that it would prompt me to go backwards and, and read more. I'm, I'm not sure. I haven't really made that decision yet. Um, I do want to, I do want to touch on, this is not an accurate representation of people with dissociative identity disorder. So please do not go into this read with, with any expectation that it really super accurately deals with this form of, of challenge of mental challenge that people experience. Um, and, and to its credit, it seemed it well, or, or discredit, it sort of just sort of glosses over the idea. He, he's a character that's dismissed of having DID. Um, well, that actually, I, I, I will get to that in one second oh, oh, or let oh, us oh, get to sorry. that in one second. But there's, there is one thing that I wanted to just point out. Um, when you get to the end of this, let me know, because I think at some point, um, again, how I was talking about, you know, at some point a story has to end. If this is something where it feels like it wraps up and it allows the character to move into a new uh, phase, I'd be interested to know, to know that because at that point I may actually go, okay, I should, I'm going to finish this whole thing. Um, but I feel what often happens um, with characters who are um, who are dealing with uh, some kind of mental illness or mental disorder, um, that that becomes the character trait and it is just done cyclically and not particularly well in comics, better than previously. Absolutely, it's come, it's come a ways. But not particularly well. Um, and to use a, uh, actually, we'll, we'll actually be talking about this um, in the next, I believe in either the next Comic Corner or the Comic Corner after that, where we discuss the Scarlet Witch series by James Robinson, where there's like a mention of her dealing with depression. And then in one panel, in one book, she talks about taking medication and then it's never talked about again. And it's like, it, so anyway, so yes, I'm sorry. That was, I, I just wanted to get that in before we led to your point about, um, DID and uh, talking about mental illness. And um, while I never want to say that comics shouldn't do something, I do think the comics have a responsibility to do it well. Well, it's it's one of those things of, you know, the like, again, we touched on a bit earlier, like the, the way mental illness has been portrayed in media and not just comics, television, film, um, you know, it's, it evolves as society evolves in many ways. Um, comics is no different in there. Um, I, I, I was actually putting it, I, I actually am, am kind of like, they, 
I feel like they take a bit of an approach here where they make a mention that like, oh, you're you're in an insane asylum because you've been diagnosed with this with this thing. But they don't make but but because they make you question the reality that you're going in, it's one of those like, is he actually? Is that just the thing that he's been stigmatized as having because they don't understand what he actually does? There's an early story, there's an early storyline of Moon Knight that I was reading about where it's actually suggested that he, because he's playing all of these different characters, that he, that's where his DID comes from, which I'm like, okay. Not really how it works, 90s, but okay. Not sure. early 90s, okay, early I get 90s. it. Really problematic, but okay. Yep, yep. Um, but that was also... Um, a big plot point in the human target. Um, if you remember that character over yeah, DC. Christopher Chance. Yeah. Christopher Chance. There was also, because he was like, I'm always playing someone else. I don't know who I am anymore. So there was always that kind of thing where it's like, mm, that again, problematic, but okay. Because it's, it's almost like saying anyone who plays any other character, you know, in their life is, you know, going to have problems. And that's, not how mental illness works. It's not how poor poor Hugh works. Jackman. I'm telling you, he just I, thinks he's Logan for 20 I, years now. I, um, I'm going to refrain from going down that road because I just feel like it's going to be problematic and difficult on my soul if we go down that road. So we'll just we we don't want we don't want trouble with a capital T. No, we're going to reel back over. I got that joke, by the way. Um, no one else will, but I, I got it. So I appreciate it. I did it for you, John. Thank you. Um, uh, but so let's talk a little bit because we obviously know that <clears throat> this is the new Marvel series that is going to be out. Um, you watched it? No. Um, in fairness, though, I've only seen like maybe half of the Marvel movies and TV shows. That's, I haven't, that's, I haven't watched a whole lot of them. So that's fair. Um, have you seen them all? I've have I seen them? All? Yeah, I think I've seen everything so far. And then, to, spoilers, dear listeners, when when we're recording this, it is the day of release for for Moon Knight. So I've I've not watched it yet. I will probably watch it within a couple hours after we finish uh, recording this episode, though. Okay. I was actually going to say, is this going to make you watch it? Is this going to be something that you're going to? No, I mean, for me, Oscar Isaac is who's making me watch it. Um, being able to converse with comic shops that I have to, I because that's my job every day. I, so I feel like I need to be in the know and I need to understand what's going on. And so, so I watch it. Um, Lauren watches all of them as well, my partner. So so I'm I'm gonna end up watching it. There was just no way around it, um. and that's that's fair. That's fair. I just um, I mean, there's a lot of things that Oscar Isaac could ha ask me to do, and I would be happy to do that um, to do them for him. Um, but I'm not sure that I I, I think maybe this is something that um, I would need to wait until the all all the episodes are out and then watch it as sort of a giant movie um, because I'm not sure that this is something. Um, again, I feel like this is a character that I need to binge because I think this sort of idea 
of identity and dealing with DID and dealing with who am I and kind of going back and forth. I'm not sure that I can take that. And I'm not sure that I can sustain an interest um, in disjointed storytelling and having that, um, as you were saying earlier, that unreliable narrator. I'm not sure that I can do that in a, um, in a serial way. It's challenging, you know, and, and I applaud Lemire and, and Smallwood for doing this because that what, what they, they did not set an easy task. Um, It's, it, you know, it's fascinatingly a very ambitious storytelling feat that they tried to accomplish here. And I do, I do, you know, I, I think we're underselling it a little bit. I really do think that they, the, the artwork in here is phenomenal on a page by page read when you're in it you're gonna absolutely keep reading and it is fascinating and it is fun a lot of times um and there's tremendous character moments in here throughout most of those character moments are the supporting cast really get it like it's you know the the main character moon knight himself is is a little bit more of like a you know, as as with a lot of lead characters who don't know where they're going in a story, they tend to be, you know, the audience surrogate. They're not really the the, the most charismatic of of all of them. Um, and you you fill it with very fun and and pot and cool characters around them. And and I do think that was the case with this arc. Um, but so so I don't want to I don't want to discredit. It's it's really it's really really hard to do a story like this with a character like this. Um, and I do think on a page by page level, they do pull it off. And, and to your point, like it's, it's a fun read and it's a fast read because you don't have a ton of dialogue holding you down. Like for as many twists and turns and as for as many assumptions as it wants you to make and then pulls the rug out from you, you know, a couple pages later, the 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 artwork really does it for you. The structure really does it in that it, it's not a super dialogue or caption heavy book. Um, certainly less than I've seen Lemire have to use in, in other series for sure. Yeah, so, I, I think so. the only thing that I would mildly disagree on you is I actually found his story to be more interesting than the supporting character story. Um, but I do think, I do agree with you, I, I think this is actually something that's really good for people to read, especially people who want to create comics, because I yes. think from a structural standpoint, this is a really great lesson in how to introduce elements for long-term readers that are Easter eggs, while at the same time making it mostly accessible for new readers who may not get like well, why are they dropping this Gina woman off in a diner until, you know, the long-term reader realizes, oh, because when she was originally introduced, she ran a diner and she was one of his informants and that's really super cool. Um, uh, and from an art perspective, I think this is great for artists who want to become comic artists because you're going to get a lesson in storytelling and also in panel design and how to how to shift perspective um, and how to uh, just design in general. Um, I, I think it, it, it's, I think that this is a great book 
um, for people who want to create comics. I think it's a kind of a masterclass. And, and I would agree with that wholeheartedly. And I would also say, you know, if, if you want to learn to understand how to pace a comic page by page, I think there, there are some tremendous examples because there are examples of it makes you feel like a lot is happening in a very short span of actual time and without going very far. Um, mm -hmm. And then it also teaches you how on an issue by issue basis to pack a lot of quiet moments into big expansive world building and and exploring multiple locations and seemingly days passing within a single issue so i, I think from a from that standpoint too there's a lot to be learned so i agree i think this is a tremendous example where you can learn a lot of really 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 great storytelling lessons and techniques um in here for for creating episodic storytelling in comics really yeah i i would give the i i would say that this is a good is this is a good book to read i would give this you I recommend say, it you i would recommend, recommend it yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to do a star rating because i don't like doing those no and would you do something would you recommend weird. it would you recommend it more for someone who's never read moon knight before or would you recommend um, it more for someone who has some some background with the character I would actually recommend this for someone who um, has read, not Moon Knight comics, but has read comics before in general, and someone who wants to understand the medium better. This is not something that I would hand to somebody who's like, I've never read comics before. What do I read? This is not that book. Um, I don't think this is that book. Um, uh, I, if somebody had not read comics before, but they had heard of Jeff Lemire, I would hand them Essex County and just be like, this is the book that you want to read. So, so to clarify, it could be someone's first Moon Knight comic, but it's it not could be someone's, someone's first, first Moon Knight comic. comic. I okay. would not give it just someone's first Moon Knight comic. Yes. Someone's first comic. No. I, I think we should make that a running thing on the comics corner is that the, the questions we ask ourselves at the end is, does this work as someone's first comic or does this work as someone's first comic for, you know, this qualification? I think that, cause it's an interesting yes, question I, and it's a different question. That's great. Yeah. At, hey, we here at Comics Corner are ever changing. We are, we are like the ocean. We ebb and flow and we rise and we fall. Um, I don't know why that was the metaphor I went with, but that for some reason, I, I was it. like, oh, I guess I'll go with an ocean metaphor. I love uh, it. On that note. Yes. Um, so on that note, um, I am saying a recommendation, especially for somebody who wants to uh, study storytelling in comics, both from a story structure and from uh, an art perspective. How about yourself? Uh, absolutely. I completely recommend it. Um, for for a new uh, reader to Moon Knight, for someone that is just looking to learn and get a great example of storytelling in comics, um, I recommend it for any Marvel reader. Uh, absolutely worth worth a read there for sure. Um, yes. And yes, you're you're right. It is going on sale. There's a new printing of this story that's in the uh, Moon Knight uh, Lemire and Smallwood complete collection. Um, it actually has all 14 issues in one trade paperback. Um, get it now because it's it's actually out of print and is going back 
for new printing and will be back in circulation even more, uh, hopefully in late May, if our schedule holds. Um, yes. So, um, so get it pick at your that local up. Comic shop, yeah, sure. pick that up at your local comic shop. Uh, if you don't know of a comic shop in your area, go to comicshoplocator.com. Uh, who is not sponsoring any of our episodes, but if someone out there from comicshoplocator.com wants to sponsor an episode, I'll even wear a t-shirt or something. Maybe I'd even do a song and we can write a song. Um, maybe a Josh song, can write a song for it. A little it. dance. A, a little, little seltzer down your pants. Um, Matthew is saying that because that is from the best episode of sitcom TV ever, which is Chuckles Bites the Dust from the Mary Tyler Moore show. Um, he is also under strict instructions to make sure that gets read at my funeral. Um, True. Long story short, that's a we'll get into that perhaps in another episode of Comics Corner. Um, however, uh, go to comicshoplocator.com, enter your zip code. It will give you comic shops uh, in your area. Uh, please do support your local comic shop. Um, you uh, Just going in there, uh, not only picking up Moon Knight, but asking anyone who works there for recommendations. That is what they're there for. I guarantee that is their favorite part of, part of the job, is recommending comics to the people who come in. Um, uh, on the next Comics Corner, on the next Comics Corner, I believe we're doing one of two things. I can't remember which one is coming first. We're either doing Scarlet Witch by James Robinson, um, the complete collection in that, or we're going to be doing Wonder Woman Historia Book Two. I can't remember which one is coming first, but you know what? We at the Comics Corner are flexible, and it's okay not to know to not know what's coming next. Uh, Matthew, thank you for joining us. Absolutely. Um, is, is there anything you want to plug, my dear friends, before we, we let them go? I just love coming. I just love coming here and plugging Comics Corner because I don't want to. Yeah. Um, yeah. How about yourself? Uh, well, I, I have a shameless plug for the audience. So if you shameless, would, as if there's any other kind of plug. I don't disagree with that whatsoever. Um, yes, I actually, I have a webcomic right now that uh, the last issue of is getting ready to drop on uh, Tuesday, I think it's April 5th, called No Rhyme or Reason. It is a pulpy passion project. If you love hard-boiled detective fiction, go and check them out. Uh, nine episodes have dropped already. Uh, they will take you literally two minutes to read. It is free on Tapas. Um, so please, please check it out. Uh, the artwork is by the uber-talented uh, Rich Wajiki, um, who we uh, worked with at Forbidden Planet, a wonderful shop in Manhattan, which if you're nearby, do also uh, visit, and uh, with letters by the inimitable uh, Nick Philpott. So definitely check that out. Um, and keep your eyes peeled. It is very possible that I will be part of a really cool announcement um, in middle of April. So potentially by the time we talk next, John, I will be able to publicly talk about a very, very cool comics project as well. Wonderful. And um, as soon as you talk about it, um, which I already know about it, but as soon as you talk about it, just be prepared for me to mercilessly mock you for having no shame whatsoever. Um, but as always, thank you for joining us here on Comics Corner. Uh, please stay safe, please treat each other kindly, and read some comics.